Walrus listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in on the journey thus far. We've worked really, really, really hard on getting quality guests. Your listening has meant the world to us, and we are so thankful. Now, it's my birthday. I don't know if any of you know that. I'm 25 years old now, a quarter of a century. And with that knowledge, today's episode is really focused on something that's extremely important to me. And now that I've been able to understand it, and especially within myself, I feel like not only have I been able to have complete success in what I do, but I'm able to inspire others to do the same. Today's episode, it's actually going to be a discussion I had with Adam Lee. He was my water polo coach. He's one of my mentors. And honestly, I can safely say he's one of my close friends. Adam was so integral in helping me begin to understand mental health and how it affected me and myself. My own personal journey, I've experienced things from anxiety, depression, things that people aren't necessarily comfortable talking about, but I'm willing to come forward and say I've been able to overcome these things. And now I'm able to tell my story for those of you out there who might be struggling with something similar. Now, the discussion with Adam, we get into some really, really, really great topics in regards to what an athlete's mental cycle is while they're playing and how it changes once they stop playing or retire from their sport. We go into topics, you know, ranging from oxytocin, serotonin, all these different things that come from playing a sport. And ultimately, how do we replace them when we're not playing the sport anymore? This discussion is going to be a great educational tool for parents as they listen and they're able to understand their own kids as athletes a little bit better. We really hope you enjoy this episode today. I'm really, really, really excited for you all to hear it. And if you guys would like help continue showing support, check out our Patreon. You're actually going to get this episode fully. It was like almost an hour and a half conversation. The free version on Spotify, you're going to get about 20, 25 minutes. But if you want the full hour and a half conversation, make sure to check out www.patreon.com forward slash the boys rs enjoy this great discussion with adam lee all right hello boys rs listeners i'm very excited we have a returning guest all of our listeners loved him so much we had to bring him back We have Adam Lee here to talk about mental health and how it pertains to athletes. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Patreon. Hey, Boys RS listeners. We really appreciate all of you that have signed up for our Patreon so far. For those of us that haven't yet, we're introducing a new segment. It's going to be called Ian Rants, a backstage look at how Ian feels about different topics. Next up, you get our pre-show which covers a multitude of topics from social media 
to advice to everything in between. Ad free. Ad free. No more interruptions. To finish everything up, we have video of the interviews. Check out the Boys R Us Patreon at www.patreon backslash the Boys R Us. I'm doing great, Ian. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. We're really glad you were able to like take the time to come share with us your new idea or your vision for how to educate parents in the future um, with mental health and, and athletes. And just to kind of, you know, get us started, what is this idea that you've been working on? And ultimately, what stage are you at now? Well, so this this idea, and I've, I've, I've come to kind of name it the AWM, Athlete okay. Wellbeing and Mindfulness. AWM. And it really started off um, very innocently about seven, eight years ago when I was coaching at OCC and talking to the athletes about what they're going to feel on the break. Because for a lot of the athletes, and you could probably remember this, it's the first time since you were seven years old or eight years old that you had any type of a break from the sport. Yeah. And that period of December through January, often we would have people that would end up quitting and trying to find a way to retain them. Yeah. And so at the time I came up with this theory that dealt with, um, you know, neurochemicals and how that when you're a little kid and you're physically active, if we have a graph that goes like this for, for duration and another line that goes intensity, Mm -hmm. you're going like this and you're kind of going on a slow journey up to the top of the hill. And suddenly it gets stopped and that stop could be your first big break, you know, longer than two or three weeks, or it could be the end of your season or a career. And the feeling that not everybody, but a lot of athletes um, would get feeling maybe like a little bit lost out of place, Um, you know, maybe, and it's not cool for guys to talk about this kind of stuff, but I would talk about it about feeling maybe depressed or sad, you know, and just to kind of identify, hey, this is what's happening. I'm kind of feeling this way and let them know, hey, you got to kind of keep with your, your rhythm. So you need to reach out to your teammates and yeah. hang out and you need to go surf in the morning or do some push-ups or go for runs and work out and make a point to have positive physical activity and, and re- reattach your sense of community or village, but not in an unhealthy way. These release certain neurochemicals. And so if your neurochemical releases come from physical activity, like training really hard and intense for a long period of time. And Mm -hmm. also um, from being connected with one another as human beings, and you're not getting that, it's almost like a spigot or a faucet gets turned off. And this is just a metaphor. Um, And so what are you going to do? The body and the mind, they want to get those, those releases, those neurochemicals. I digress, but basically I would say, Hey, look, if you guys are feeling this way, be aware of it and reach out, talk to each other be a support system and you're not alone and go work out, do yeah. push ups, run and hang out and go do fun things, you know? Yeah, I definitely and- think that's all, that's all great. And I feel like, um, the life of an athlete is so important and how it changes throughout their playing career into when they aren't playing anymore. So yeah. what are some of the biggest differences between playing and not playing in an athlete's life? And color and color look sharp wrinkle and stain free clothing make sure to check it out our listeners will be getting a free tie with any purchase with code boys are us go ahead put that code in at checkout 
and you'll be getting a free tie. Check out and caller. That's a really great question. And it's, it's, it's almost like you have a, like a multiple pillars holding up like a house. Okay. And if you take one thing away, then you'll probably be okay. If you take two things away, foundation gets weaker. And if you take more things away, obviously it gets weaker and weaker. And I kind of call it the void. Um, The void is that sense of loss out of place. Things aren't right. And that void can get filled up with good things or bad things. Yeah. And so in, in an athlete, let's look at an athlete's day. Now let's look at it also from the time that we're eight, nine years old through high school and be above and beyond. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that it has a big impact is daily life structure. So whether we realize it or not, from the time we're little kids to the time we're done being an athlete at college or elite high school or professional or national level or international level, your day was planned out. Whether you structurally did it on your own, which most likely you didn't, you had somebody who had a plan for you, but you didn't realize it because it's just what we did. We just worked out really hard. We went to class or we just worked out really hard. And those people who got to play professional hockey, basketball, fill in the blanks, their day was planned. And so this sense of daily life structure actually has a big impact on feeling of safety and well-being. So imagine one that's gone. So all of a sudden for 10 years of your life, we'll just use 10 years as a a round number that you woke up every day at approximately the same time. You ate breakfast, you went to training, you went to class, your class periods were figured out for you or yeah. you had your, your process. Then you had practice again, two to three hours. Then you have study hall. If you're at a college, for example, and then you go to bed and you rinse, wash and repeat this for years. And then all of a sudden, by the way, your last game or your last competition, or you get injured or there's a major life event that stops it. And now you're left up to your own accord to create your own daily process. So that within itself causes a lot of uh, change. And some people have innately, I found, deal with the change great and they've transitioned organically and done really well. And some people have had challenges and some people still have a challenge. And then you have the other aspect, which I think is very important. And this is where I've had the opportunity. I've, I've interviewed roughly 70 athletes, um, a few more, um, but like a little bit more formal and talked to them and had very intimate conversations about this transition time. And they've ranged from community college athletes up to people who've played, you know, major league baseball and football and things like that. Yeah. And so within that, I've started to put the time, time trends together of the people who've seemed to have really good transition and other people who haven't. And I've had the opportunity to talk with sports psychiatrists um, a very prominent one in Colorado works. Uh, she runs and is the director of mind code, um, and a, a neurologist, um, yeah. wow. as well. And, and to get some validation that these theories that I have are, are, are right on, and they're definitely an important place for them, but the aspect of neurotransmitters and things called dopamine, which is a reward system of the brain and oxytocin, which is mm-hmm. the human like binding chemical neurotransmitter and serotonin. That's the chemical that makes everything feel good. Like, Hey, everything's okay. You know, like everything can be going crazy. And you're just like, you know what? It's okay. It's going to be fine. Okay. So oxytocin is the human one that teammates feel with each other. It's the one that uh, parents feel with their children. It's the one that friends feel with each other. 
Okay. Dopamine is a reward system, you know? So on the level of sport, you're getting these dopamine releases every day in training, these oxytocin releases every day in training because you're around your teammates, you're working really hard, you get these other neurotransmitters that are just kicking in hard. So, you know, yeah. dopamine, uh, easy way for someone to feel it. If you listen to music that gives you chills, that's basically like a release of dopamine. Okay. If you score the goal and you're all pumped up and you get those chills, that's a release of dopamine, right? Yeah. And definitely. man, for athletes, this happens all the time, all day long, especially the, the more you train and the more you get after it. And then you have games takes the whole to another level. Yeah. So let's put it in perspective. You're used to developing as a, as a youth athlete and then to high school and then college, and you're getting these neurotransmitter releases. Again, we have this like graph. And it's getting filled up and we have all this neurotransmitters and stuff like this. And you're our baseline just to feel, to feel, I guess, normal, which I don't like to use the term normal, mm -hmm. um, is going to be different than somebody who's never been an athlete or in sports. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so again, after that last game, after that last competition, after that last practice, after the injury that occurs, after the life-changing event, it kind of gets that spigot gets. Uh, it's not fair to say turned off, but obviously it gets it's like a trickle. Sure. Yeah. Trickle. If yeah. I'm training five hours a day mm -hmm. and I have the last game, I mean, you can, you can totally relate to this and you, yeah. can, <laughs> you, right. you get done with the last game and it's, it's brutal. Right. And, you know, I've talked to, to, to people that have said, you know, after our last game, we were all crying in the locker room because we knew that this was the last time we were going to be teammates with each other for this college. Yeah. Or even some people the last time playing ever. Exactly. Their career's yep. over. Yeah. Career's and over. That realization. Yeah. And so that emotional impact within itself is pretty big. It's almost like, you know, it's your first love and that's all you've known to love your yeah. whole life. And then yeah. the person breaks up with you. Yeah. And you're having like, to redefine what, yeah. what now, right? And so then it, it kind of moves into this fact that what you don't realize, and some people realize it, hey, working out is really healthy. I need to work out. You know, some people don't realize that because being an athlete and working out was just part of what they did on a daily basis. So it wasn't like it was a lifestyle. It wasn't so much a process. So for okay. so many athletes, being an athlete is a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you, you wake up, Completely. look at water polo. Yeah. You wear the sandals, you got the surf shirts on, you got the board shorts, yeah. there's a whole lifestyle around it. Look at basketball or football, there's a lifestyle. You show Completely. up, you work really hard, there's intensity, there's coaches, and then that lifestyle really changes. Yeah. You know, and in those that dopamine and the oxytocin with your teammates and the serotonin, those releases are now significantly less. So for some people, they would actually seek it out yeah in a good way mm -hmm. they go mountain biking because when you go mountain biking often yeah. you have a group of friends yeah. you're getting that rush True. you're getting the dopamine you're getting the reward you're getting the closeness of people yeah. or maybe you go surf with your buddies or you go snowboarding or you you get into another sport you organically transition into yeah. or maybe it's your new releases you're following the path that you knew you wanted to do after athletics so yeah. the neurosurgeon he knew he wanted to be something in science and a neurosurgeon and he gets his dopamine release from doing brain surgery. Yeah. Right. So it's slightly different. He also works out really hard and, and is, you know, a stud athlete like that. Yeah. But these things are super important and mm -hmm. to be mindful of the fact that when there's going to be some of these changes, one, 
as a going into being an ex-athlete for whatever reason, I need to be aware that if I'm feeling a certain way, why am I feeling a certain way? You know, I need to understand that there is going to be a transition and a change. Now, not everybody's going to go through it real as intensely as other people. There's some people, again, that have had smooth transitions, but so many others I've talked to, you know, they, they've admitted that there's so much alcohol use. There is so much overeating in food. There is totally a sense of loss and not understanding what to do Mm. and out of place. And there's some (laughs) key factors in there that I want to get ahead of in like awareness and mindfulness to, to understand like now, you know, I, I look at things a slightly different way. So I look, I look at things like, uh, like a menu for the brain. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people to understand this part. So as athletes, and it's amazing the information everybody has now, but as athletes, we know protein helps to build muscle, right? Like we know this, we know to look at a necessary. Yeah. Yeah. We know that like vegetables are good carbohydrates and, you know, (laughs) chips and pasta are not the best carbohydrates to have unless you're pastas for like a carbo load before, you know, hydration is super important. So we know these, like these macronutrients are really important. But if I tell you, if I was to tell somebody, Hey, like you're going to be done being an athlete, you know, what are the ways that you're going to get a healthy dopamine release? Yeah. So all I can say is the exact like question that you just posed right now is something me personally, I wish I had this kind of awareness opportunity to understand, yeah, when I stopped playing water polo, because this is literally how it was for me. It was like a complete drop off of now I'm not seeing people like I was like I used to. Now I'm not working out twice a day to get better at my sport. What is all this time being filled with ultimately like having a plan to like kind of almost transition out of playing into that post-career life and having the awareness to understand, no, this is backed by like facts. This happens when athletes stop playing. I can say from personal experience, maybe you can as well. I know I saw plenty of my friends go through the same things, except if they were, like you said, people that had already figured out their purpose aside from water polo, but that's not everyone. You know what I mean? Like me, my whole life was centered around water polo. And it was like, when that was taken away, it was like, wait, what's my purpose? Like my social standing, where, where is it now? Like, I don't just show up and everyone's like, Oh, it's the polo ball. It's like, Oh, they used to play polo, like that kind of thing. So the whole um, mental health side of how it'll be once you retire from playing is so important. And I, and I think it's brilliant what you're actually doing. And, you know, I'm, that just kind of leads me like, what are your plans with AWM and, you know, as far as a seminar and basically educating parents on these very, very trending topics in our world today. Lift off. Hello, everybody. Is traffic a bummer? Do you enjoy laughing? Or maybe want a way to pass the time? Check out tier one. Want to learn how to start a company? Or are you curious how social media algorithms work? Check out tier two you'll get access to Ian Teachers. Want my help with creative or business questions? Want the best editor in the game to clean up your content? 
check out tier 3 and gain access to the Bulls or Us in a circle. Sign up to get your pricing locked in before prices go up. Sign up today at www.patreon.com forward slash boys are us. That's a, that's a good question. And so I think that there's this, this AWM group that I'm I'm developing is it's kind of got two different layers are really three different layers. Mm-hmm. We have the athlete awareness. So the current athletes, yeah, letting them know like, Hey, and I don't think it's a sign of weakness to talk to a group of athletes, whether they're elite, collegiate, community college, and explain to them that at some point in time, and it's not bad or good, this yeah. is gonna this is gonna change. Exactly. You know, so it's whether realistic. you're Tom Brady and you're gonna yeah. play forever, <laughs> at some point Tom Brady's not gonna be playing football. You know, now maybe yeah. Tom Brady's on a whole different level because he has completely gone through his path and his process and he yeah. finished on his terms. Yeah. He's gonna be just okay. He's coming back. Did you know that? Officially? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Exactly. (laughs) And this is one of the reasons I bring him up or or maybe (laughs) he couldn't hang it up. He had to come back. Totally. Or maybe it's going to be where that could be something, or maybe it's going to be where he has a challenge, you know, because there's so many different athletes that some of them do fine for, for certain specific reasons that it seems there's all kind of a trend and some of them don't, but Hey man, I was like you. Yeah, I was all okay. I loved was polo, okay. right? And it was a sense of loss when I got out of it. Yeah, and then like teaching the 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 current athletes in this process, one be mindful of the change. You're yeah. gonna this is a plan that you're gonna I think would help follow, which is about a six month decompression model yeah. that that deals with about two to three weeks after your last competition, and you start having a workout program. Yeah. And a community program, meaning reaching out with your athletes, other people, yeah, other people. And so you slowly transition out of that. But then there is a kind of, you know, a minimum effective dose, if you will. Mm. And for me, I found my minimal minimum effective dose is this. If I wake up every day and at some point during the day, I can at least go run for a mile to a mile and a half. It's I'm slow. So that's about 10, 10 to 15 minutes. You know, that's my minimum effective dose. If I throw a kettlebell around for 10 or 15 minutes. That's my minimum effective dose. If I do okay. 200 pushups in the course of a day, you know, 10 throughout the day, that's a minimum effective dose. Okay. And it's important because I get that release of the dopamine and I feel good right now. Minimum effective dose doesn't mean that's going to keep me from gaining weight, mm-hmm. but it's going to keep my brain happy. Yeah. So now I have to understand that I'm going to have to seek out my happiness and to teach young like athletes in that, that phase of their life. Like, Hey, it's going to change a little bit. Like, by the way, you are not going to be, you know, John Doe, the guy who walks yeah. in and they're like, Hey, it's the basketball guy. Or the yeah. guy. Yeah. You're, you're going to be the guy who maybe is going to put on the suit and tie and you're just another guy. Yep. Just and, another one. Yeah. And you're going to have to understand, you're going to have to seek out your happiness throughout the course of your day and plan it out. Now. You're yeah. going to have to plan out to, to understand that you don't have to train in the future anymore, five to four hours a day. Yeah. But having to, to reframe that mindset just to work out for 15 minutes is great. Yeah. To work out for 30 minutes is great. So you do that three to four times a week. That's amazing. Or twice a week. But then also you you start to get look, you get to start looking at things in your future that you never got to before because your time was so dedicated to sport. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, what am I going to do now? My sport is over. 
like I'm lost. It should be. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. Yeah. I've always wanted to learn how to do art. I've always wanted to learn how to surf. I've always yeah. wanted to learn how to ski. I've always wanted to learn how to fill in the blank. Yeah. Right. And yeah. now you can experience those, that dopamine release and mm -hmm. that oxytocin. If you're going with like a scuba class, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you judge scuba Steve, a podcast by Stephen Magdaleno. Also, check out Stephen Mag on Twitch. All information in our bio. Exactly. You know, you take a scuba class. You're connecting with people. You're doing something new. It's exciting. So start reframing it and look at happiness and well-being as something. Now you're going to have to, as an ex-athlete, start looking for. Yeah. Because if you don't look for it the right way, you're going to do what so many of us do. Yep. You know what we do? <laughs> we go have some beers. Yep. You know, we go, we go eat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Happy hour. And I, I think one of the things I failed to mention earlier is drinking alcohol gives a very high dopamine release, like an intense workout, okay. you know, eating food, there's a dopamine release, not only in prep, prep, preparing to eat food, yeah. but after you eat the meal as well, okay. you get serotonin release after you eat food. Yeah. So you're, if, if that's the only releases that you're getting, because now I put on the suit and tie, I go to work. Maybe it's a job I didn't even want to do, but yeah. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just fell yeah. into go working because that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a set of core values to establish what I want options of my life to be career-wise. Yeah. You know, which is another big aspect. People who have followed their their inner voice and followed what they want to do yeah. have a significant level higher of happiness and transition than yeah. the people who like me for an example i did sales for a while while i was coaching at wilson and mm -hmm. the sales part of my day was the most um lonely part of my day and sad okay. part of my day okay and dealing with that and coaching i under i got to see these two sides of what brought me joy and not and then i yeah. got to go play in australia and i was just as happy as i was when i was an athlete again then i came wow. back i did some sales again in coaching and i felt that same sense of loss but only happiness on the pool deck yeah. And then I went to OCC and coach and I felt complete happiness. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then I got really fat and I started working out again. And I felt that holistic happiness now after working yeah. out and dealing with the athletes. And that's really brought me to this point. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it, we go from the, that awareness for current athletes and coaches, which I think is important um, to also the post athlete. And so there's going to be guys that are in their, you know, late twenties, thirties, forties, that are still battling with this. And, you know, one, one person I've talked to, he's like, man, I can think of seven of my teammates who are either divorced are dealing with alcohol or uh, dependency issues or fighting mm -hmm. depression. And he's like, I, I, I really think you have something here. So like a plan for them to kind of get reframed and get on track. Yeah. But then more importantly, and this is to, to your point, which was great talking with you and also this, some other people's like creating yeah. an awareness for youth athletes. Yeah. And, and right now youth athletes, it's, it's so much bigger than I remember being as a kid good, yeah. like I'm 48 and it's so different, but at this point right now in youth athletics, uh, statistically is 70% of youth athletes quit their sport by the age of 13. Wow. That, that's a lot, you know, yeah, it's and then you significant. Have, it, it's crazy. And then you yeah. have, you know, one study I found that said 20 to 45% of youth athletes at the international or national level, mm -hmm. so these are pretty good, suffer from some type of major depression. 
Wow. Okay. You know? So major depression, you know, can, can show itself with things like um, anxiety. It can show itself with anger, sadness, crying, sleeping in, irritability, can't sleep, all these yeah. things, you know, um, in, in, in collegiate athletes at the pre-pandemic, um, one study I found said that 20% of collegiate athletes, this is pre-pandemic, suffered from depression. Now, again, I'm not saying that the, the sports by no means do I think cause the depression, yeah. Um, but I do think that the levels of, of pressure and commitment that, especially with youth athletes, um, that the athletes feel is tremendously different. I mean, you know, all of us have a different experience, but we can all relate to the fact, I think, as we're older, that whether parents know it or not, and the parents who played sports at a higher level, I, they get it. Yeah, only I've, them though. Only the yep. yeah, yeah. And I've I've talked to those parents, you know, anecdotally, like yeah, you know, being an athlete's stressful. Like yeah, you don't realize it until you're out of it, and you go, wow, yep. I, I dealt with a lot. I trained for five hours a day. I went to class. I had to make grades. My my coach would scream me on the pool deck. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, all of these I things. Had to do all these things. Or how to have a job and work through it, and these different things. And it's yeah. it's stressful, but you just dealt with it. All of these different things, and the idea all going back to finding who you are and becoming that person is so important, you know, putting yourself out there and being able to, okay, people are going to say things, whatever, whatever, but I know who I am. So at the end of my career, at the end of whatever, I can continue on what I am and what I'm doing so that I can have that quality transition into my next phase in life. I think that's absolutely incredible. And yeah, thank you. It's been really, yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye Adam. Bye.